All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Can you see it? Did you know? The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice, it arms leaves the proof. To the line, Hughes, Jones! Take you to the sun! First career NHL goal, Quinn Hughes makes it 1 0. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I, don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals. Cutting in. Shoots. Scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go.
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season at ZephyrEpic.com. That uh, the uh, Black Friday sale still going on. I don't know if they just have an update of the website, what Zephyr's up to right now. Black Friday deal, it's like 40% off. Yeah, absolutely. And you can use our promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order and Zephyr Epic, our friends there, they ship free anywhere in Canada on orders over $50. Chris, tell the people where they can get it shipped from. Uh, all the way from Gibson's to Gander. Beautiful. Gibson's Nicely to done. Gander. Absolutely. So go check out Zephyr Epic, Z E P H Y R Epic on all platforms Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that fun stuff. Go check them out, Zephyr Epic, for all your trading card games and related activities. Needs. Got those Pokemon evolutions. You seen these Pokemon evolutions? Have you seen these packs? I have. You see what they're all you get uh like the old school, they got fossil cards in yeah. there, the base set, the jungle, they're all in those uh evolutions. A little nostalgic. I've been thinking about uh getting a pack myself. Yeah, so, pulling some Pokemon. I think cards? they're called no celebrations they're called. Oh okay. Pokemon Celebrations, new set that just came out. Huh. Get the original Charizard. That would be cool. That'd do you, be do very you remember cool. uh well man? I gotta, See, we got one other sponsor that I got to bring yeah, up. Yeah, but first, now that I think about it, you wouldn't have even have been alive when the base set of Pokemon cards came out. No, that was Cause 95. Because I, I did. My mom, like, we had, my mom had a barber shop when I was a kid, right? For a long time, my mom was a, had a barber shop with her mom. So my Nana and my mom had a barber shop together. Beside the barber shop was a, uh, it was called Sports Card Alley. It's uh, it was a sports card shop right beside uh, my mom's barber shop, and what I would do is I'd get paid two dollars an hour at the barber shop to sweep up hair and clean and just be like a good little kid because that was uh, you know what I had that was my job when I was like nine, ten years old working at the barber shop. Get two bucks an hour, and I'd by the end of my two, three hour shift, I'd have enough money to go over and get myself a little base pack of Pokemon cards. And then little did your mom know, older Faber would grow up unionize everybody all the sweepers the hair sweepers yeah we ain't getting two bucks an hour hour anymore i'll tell you that (laughs) absolutely we're also delivering three weeks of vacation (laughs) nothing but the best for those nanaimo hair sweepers yep absolutely and uh nanaimo you know what else you get in nanaimo you get a little chico's pizza that's right in that same little mall probably on doordash probably on doordash which is a great point we should be bringing up right now that we are also delivered to you by the great folks at doordash use promo code convo dd capital c capital d's all one word convo dd that will get you 25 percent off and free delivery on your first order using the doordash app so go check that out does not get much better than that folks my name is david quadrelli i'm joined as always by the man who built the place dressed like a traffic cone Chris Faber. This is my uh, Farhan lulls you look. I brought this up the other day on the show. This is my Farhan look. Wow. It's, it's, it's a look. Also, this is, uh, uh, yeah, this is, I woke up late and uh, ran into work, got to wear shorts. Last day in November, last day for shorts. That's what they say. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to kick it off here. I actually wrote out the show plan today. I did some work around here, uh, which never again, but we're going to talk about reviews because we got two reviews since we did our last show. And it's so funny because they're polar opposites of each other, right? We got one review that was a bad review. And someone just said, you guys talked about yourselves for 50 minutes. I can't take it anymore. One star review. I'm out. And that's what they said. And it was was fine. And then the next review was like, I love these guys so much. I feel like I could have a beer with them and that they're just (laughs) hanging out. And it's like, what do you want from us? We can't please everybody. But I think we found a happy medium because, you know, 
people like you, you've most of you have listened when there was a lot to talk about with this hockey club, and we were pretty right on point there. Last episode, yeah, maybe we talked a little bit about non hockey stuff a little too much for a hockey podcast, but that was only because we were in this state of limbo. And we almost still are. We do have a lot to talk about, though. Coaching candidates we've got. We've got to talk about the comments that we've heard from former players coming out and calling, almost calling for the job of Jim Benning without saying his name specifically. We'll get to that those comments and much more. But we did want to remind everybody, go ahead, please leave us a review. Preferably... A five-star Yeah, I tell you, you know, we were looking good for a long time. We were sitting with an overall rating of uh, 4.9. You know what? Things have fallen apart. I think people are upset with the team, and they're taking it out on us. Oh, man. No, come on. <laughs> I'm just joking. That's we're not trying. No, that might be happening. But we're, oh. yeah. I mean, we need a couple more of those five-star reviews. We'll, uh, we read them all. Uh, don't take all of them to heart, but we read them all. It's funny. Some, like like you said, you, one week you get like two reviews that are completely opposite all the time. It was very funny. I, is, I just thought that was funny. I thought I'd bring it up that we got polar opposite reviews. And the thing that I do want to mention is like we're, we're going to try to, you know, if we, we're going to have some non-hockey talk at some point in the episode. It's, it's bound to happen. So when we start to go off the long, rails, man. if you really don't like that, we'll give you a warning. We'll say, hey, we're about to go off the rails. I will listen to Christmas music on the way in here. So... That's a good sign that we're going to go off the rails because I got a lot to say about Christmas music and uh, we're going to get to that. But right now, let's get to this hockey club, Chris. The Canucks won their game against the Montreal Canadiens and everything's fine. Nobody knows how to feel. That's how Wyatt tried to put it in the armies last night. Tried to say Canucks win. Put the pe- you're sh- pointing the pen at me too much. You're, you're, mo- I you're moving your hands way too much. You had a, do you have espresso this morning? I did. Yeah. Absolutely. You can tell you're moving around so I'm much. I'm fired right up. Now. I'm fired up. You're sitting closer to me than usual, this too. This is the enthusiasm that people like. This is the enthusiasm that people like. All right. Chris. Well, you move over then a little bit, Jerry. I'm, I'm like six feet away. Yeah. From you me almost now. stabbed me in the eye with that pen you're oh, swinging whatever. around there. Whatever. You're All right. Such a baby. Back to the team. Yeah. People don't know how to feel about this team, Chris. So I ask you. Put yourselves in the shoes of a fan. How do you feel about the Canucks winning last night if you're a fan of the team? Well, if you see the way I write, it's not hard to do. Um, <laughs> I I look at this team and yeah, it is. It's hard to. Well, the thing, I don't think it's hard to react because everybody knows what they would like to see is change. One win doesn't change everything. If that's mm-hmm. the mentality that you have as a fan, good for you. Like, you know, what? <laughs> if you are like a fan that just wants to see the Canucks go out and win games. Then you enjoyed Monday night. Like I enjoyed watching Pedersen have a nice you know, vintage PD shot from the right side. It was funny. I was telling, like I was telling my girlfriend about this that I was like, he scored one of those goals that I was showing you. We were watching the game the other day. Me and my girlfriend on Sunday. We're watching the game. She hasn't. She's only been a fan for like a year, a pandemic year, and whatever this has been. So she hasn't seen like what vintage PD was. So I showed her a highlight tape of Pedersen's first two years that I found on YouTube, and she was almost crying. She was almost tears were almost coming to her eyes. She's like, he used to be this good. And I was like, yeah, he used oh to be goodness. really good. I, and then because she's fully invested on this team now, but she's only seen it for like two of the worst years we have seen. I'm not even kidding you. Look what I wrote on the show outline for those remembering. I was going to say for those that can't see it. None of you can see it. I just held up the show outline to Chris and I just have a little tab that says remembering PD and I'll get to it late. Actually, I'll get to it right now. Sure. That was a the really night, nice sign on Monday there, man. Absolutely. And and that's that's the main thing I want to talk about. But quick diversion here. And this isn't me talking about myself. This is about the Canucks. So relax. The other night, I was just doing an article and I was trying to find 
where Tom Sestito said something about Jim Benning. And basically, I found the media availability from 2015, January, when Jim Benning assigned Tom Sestito to the Utica Comets. And then I watched that video, got my quotes that I needed, blah, blah, blah. I was done the article, and I was just on YouTube. And the next thing that came up as autoplay was Elias Pettersson makes parents proud. And that was posted by the Vancouver Canucks back in 2019. Mm. And man, like... It didn't bring a tear to my eye, but if there was any, like, any Canucks-themed video from recently that could maybe bring a tear to my eye, like, if I wasn't, like, heartless, it would be that video. I was going to say, pull it, pull it the heartstrings, but you don't have any. Well, yeah, if you think about it, it's like, it's Petey's parents just talking about how proud they are of their kid, and, man, it, it was tough. It was absolutely tough, because right now... We're covering this player who's clearly not playing like himself. He's frustrated about it, and he doesn't have answers. Uh, the media definitely doesn't have answers. Fans definitely don't have the answer. Nobody knows what exactly is wrong with him. Like, there's a lot of theories, but nobody actually knows what's wrong with Petey. He doesn't know it himself, and, and he well, got he, asked he the question. He kind of addressed it a little bit, and I liked the way that he yes, answered Yes, he did question. take ownership. He took accountability, which is important. You can You can kind of talk about those comments. Well, I just that's kind of what he said, like in the post game media was saying that he was getting into his head a little bit too much. And I wonder, like everyone, a lot of people have been asking, I know Farhan's been pushing this on him for quite a bit in the last few questions here is like, when you get these lower minutes, how does it affect you? Does it make you feel bad about, you know, being a third line player? But I don't know this. This feels like it might be something that can just sort of help build him up. Like if he doesn't have to be relied upon for 20 minutes because he knows he's not playing good. If you play him a little bit less, does that give you less opportunity to play bad? Like, I know that you want him, You everybody wants Pedersen to be playing at his best in 20 minutes a night of five on five out there all the time with a lot of line, doing a lot of line things. But that just ain't it right now. That's not what we're having this season. So the position that he's in right now, still playing with a pretty skilled player, obviously, with Vasily Pod Colson on his line and the occasional shift, you'll see the lot of line come back together. But he just needs to build up confidence on his own. Like he knows that he's in his head too much. And he was saying that it's kind of taken away from the hard work that he needs to put in. Like he, he was saying that he needs to work harder and he's aware of it. So I, I know that Drance mentioned this on, uh, on the van cast that Pedersen had a workout with just him and Travis green on the morning skate before the, the second game of back to back. I found that pretty interesting that, that was happening. Not only that Pedersen went out and did that, but that Travis Green was the one guy on the ice with him. Not an assistant coach, not a skills coach, like the head coach. I think that that shows pretty well for Travis Green. And I think Travis Green's days are numbered here in Vancouver, but you know, it's too bad. Like I think Travis Green's gonna go somewhere and I think he's gonna have I think he's gonna have a career as an NHL coach. I hope that he has success. And I have like haven't loved Travis Green in Vancouver over his tenure here as the Canucks head coach, but He's done a lot of things that I have liked, but he's also done a lot of things that I haven't liked. Like when Travis Green leaves, he's not going to be my favorite Canucks, favorite Canucks coach that I've seen here so far. So I don't know. I wish him the best, but that was a nice little sign from him uh, coming out on the ice with Patterson with his star player who's been struggling. Yeah. And what you're alluding to, it wasn't just any workout. Like it was a rinse. It's something that only happens to players typically who are healthy scratch and it's conducted by the assistant coach. They call it a rinse. Um, and again, this was, reported by Thomas Drance because he's in the building and wrote the article and he also talked about it on the vancast. So yeah, like it's, it's to me, it's the sign of a coach who, yes, you're right. His days are numbered, still caring and really still trying to get through to his star player. And 
you know, when we talked to Travis, his demeanor, his answers are all kind of in the same light of I'm here right now and I'm only worried about winning hockey games for this club. I'm not worried about the off-ice stuff. I'm only worried about winning games That's for coach this team. speak, man. That's just That's coach, coach speak. speak. But my point is, not only is he saying that, but if this is a coach who's checked out and is like, well, I'm... The the reports had already been made public that the Canucks are searching for a new head coach when Travis did that. Like Not Travis doesn't public, have to do but that. Like hockey night in Canada. Exactly. Like that is a that's the biggest platform and for two hockey. Names every week. got dropped. Like yeah. two names got dropped that they almost went with. And we'll we'll get to those names because I don't think we've talked about them on the show uh just quite yet. So we'll get to those. But man, like this is a coach that still cares about this team. And he's not just saying, I'm just worried about getting wins. Like he's actually doing everything he can as a coach. And I think that's what you want to see. I don't think it excuses any of the mistakes he's made. And, you know, let's not try and make it sound like we're giving Travis Green a big pat on the back and saying, you're doing great, sweetie, because this is a middle of the pack team playing like a bottom five team. And that's unacceptable. Yeah, I'm still in the camp that Travis Green is going to not be the Vancouver Canucks coach for this weekend. Wow. Like, think about it. Just literally think about it. They come back from this road trip. Even if they win against Ottawa, they have to come back home now. They're not covered by the road where the only people there from Vancouver Canucks covering the media is Thomas Drance and you know, his iMac on the trip, I think, and, uh, and Batch, who works for the team. Like, now they're coming back to their arena where if they... Pittsburgh Penguins is who's the first game of the homestand here. If Pittsburgh beats them and starts winning is up two goals in the first period, the chance are going to get bad. At least if, if a move is made, like change is coming. Change is absolutely coming. Why wait? Why wait any much longer? Like get the interim guys in here and then work your way up until like let Ryan Johnson and Bradshaw be the interim GM and coach for now, because it's so early in the season and you have this massive Olympic break that starts on, I think February 4th. And it goes for three and a half weeks. You have three and a half weeks to figure out who you want to come in as your coach. And then if you and your GM, and then you make your decision at the Olympic break, you finally get the right guy in here. And then you have a month until the trade deadline to assess what you want to do with, whether it be JT Miller's deal, uh, Tyler Mott's deal, even potentially Bo Horvat. Like what you want to do is, is by the time you come out of the Olympic break, have a general manager with a plan. And getting rid of them and making changes right now, I think, is the right decision. And it gives you enough time to set everything up where you can make a decision during that Olympic break in February. And it's not like you need to make moves. They don't need to trade anyone from now until February. You don't need to do that at all. You don't need the co- the team to be coached even better or even worse until February. It doesn't matter. They're not making the playoffs. They're not going to play at a President's Trophy caliber for the rest of the season. It's just not going to happen. They just don't have that team that can do that. So... I think change is going to come at the end of this road trip just so that the fan base is a, a little bit, I don't want to say like numb, but you know, like at ease. to a, to a lesser degree. Yeah. At ease would be the way, a better way of putting it when they come back home here, because everybody wants change. You know, the, the biggest supporters of Jim Benning want change. The biggest supporters of Travis green have flipped. There's not a lot of people still rooting for these guys to be the two that turn it around as a GM and coach pairing. There's there's not a lot of people left here that are in support of Jim Benning and Travis You Green. just can't. They've got seven wins. They're eight in the Pacific. It's no surprise that uh, everybody's kind of jumped and ship. And I'm not even trying to say jump Ottawa. ship in the terms of like, 
oh, they shouldn't have done that. They should have stuck with their guys. Like, no. Yeah. You're allowed to jump ship when it's this bad. Uh, and they probably, like, they sh- they really should beat Ottawa. If they lose to Ottawa, there's no chance they can come back to that home game like that. Like, they, they should beat Ottawa. Ottawa's horrible. Ottawa's the only team in the league without double-digit points. They're the worst in the league. We, we all saw how bad the Arizona Coyotes' start to the season was. The Ottawa Senators are below them by, like, five points. Like... Ottawa is horrible. Everything has fallen off the rails in Ottawa. Coyotes won last night by a score of one to nothing oh, against the Winnipeg it? Jets. And did you see it the goal? was some King Louis backhand sauce oh my to none other than Antoine Roussel and a and a horrible misplay by Nate Schmidt. Yeah. Uh, on the two on one. Like, a lot of Canuck uh, a lot of Canucks in that clip, which is yeah. why it was posted on Canucks Army. I got our quick hits guy on Nation Network, Mike Gould, shout out to him, uh, doing a quick hit on it because it was just so perfect. Like it was Louis Erickson backhand sauce. To Antoine Roussel, who bats at home past Connor Hellebuck. Like, I know France didn't qualify for the Olympics, but does Louis find himself on Team Sweden? Oh, my goodness. Solely because of that clip? No, King Louis <laughs> can't make it onto Sweden. Well, I mean, he's been there every other year that they've been there. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. I would I would absolutely love it if he was there and just ripped it up. Him and Patterson playing on a line together. Oh, man. On a fourth line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Better playing like a fourth liner, so he gets demoted there. Yeah, him and Louis are ripping it up. Honestly, I've started to look at the Olympics, and like Canada is going to have a really good team, but all these people picking the U.S. to win it all, I don't hate that pick at all. I really think it's going to be Canada, though, just because how much sheer star power they have. I tell you, my my pick is Russia, man. I do think Russia is going to be nasty. Russia in the Olympics is like, that's, you know, they play hard for the Stanley Cup, but... They play at another level when they're going for the Olympics. Russia wants to be, you know, after not having the Olympics for a couple of years here or a couple sets here, obviously, of the Olympics, like Russia is going to be coming hot uh, about what they can do at the Olympics this year. Yeah. Who's going to be Coles on that team? Maybe I was going to say, like, I was going to bring up Pod Colson maybe making a jump. You're going to see if Genny Malkin and Alexander Ovechkin has a first pair together. And what Ovechkin's doing right now, I know this is a Canucks podcast, so we won't spend too much time talking about it, but... Folks, if you haven't already, go look at what Alex Ovechkin's doing this year because it is downright impressive. Like, and, and what a time to be a fan of the NHL or watching hockey in general because Alex Ovechkin at 36 years old is scoring at a rate higher than at any point in his career, higher than his Calder winning season, higher than any point in his career right now. And he still isn't leading the league in goals. He's got the dad strength now. He does have the dad strength, but that's how good... They are in Edmonton, like Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. Mm. Just unbelievable what we're witnessing right now with all these world-class players all on the same stage. Yeah, when you when you take a step back from like watching the Canucks, it is really cool to just like follow another story a little bit in the NHL. Totally. Know? Ovechkin's my favorite story by far. Ovechkin's your favorite story? Yeah, it's still like I can't get it. Like, even when I, I know it's a simple one, but like looking around the NHL, I still just can't believe how good you like. And we get to watch them a lot because the Canucks play the Oilers a lot, but it is fun watching the Oilers team work. Like the fact that two players can play, like it reminds me of the NBA, like the NBA it's one player, but in the NHL, you kind of rely on your team a little bit more. But when you have two players like that, like watching Leon Dreisaitl and, and Connor McDavid play together reminds me of like LeBron James and his prime where even though it's two players, they're just, they're so good that they just take over plays yeah. and it's just a dominant to watch them thing. And now the things that McDavid's doing this year, I mean, geez, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to it's watch. It's ridiculous. The two highlight goals that I'm sure you're thinking of when you say things that he's done this year because it's been it's been downright impressive. Mm-hmm. Vancouver Canucks stuff, though. 
not uh, not as impressive. I mean, I I still think that like we got to give some props to Connor Garland. He comes out on a nightly basis, and he's really been a great addition. Like as much as the OEL deal and trading away the picks is going to hurt, man, Car- Connor Garland has been all that we've expected and more, and that's really good because he was the big piece in the deal coming across that. Like, I wonder, like, it's a lot to give up a first, even if you were to just say, like, to give up a first round pick straight up for Connor Garland, the Canucks 10th overall pick, or the ninth overall pick this year. Ninth, yep. And when the Gunther, would you consider that trade right now? Knowing now what you know, would you trade the ninth overall, which ended up being Dylan Gunther? Would you trade that if I knew for Connor Garland right bad? now? Just like not even the other parts of the trade, just the just Gunther, Ooh, having so Gunther in your prospect pipeline or having Garland on your team right now? Because Garland's young. He's no, exactly. So if it, if it's just that pick for just Garland, that trade, I'm I'm gonna say you still make that trade. I Ninth still overall, yeah. Dylan Gunther. I still not, make that trade. Don't, even how bad the Canucks prospect yep. pipeline is. Yeah, I still make that trade. Mm-hmm. But do I make the trade that was made? No, not a chance. Yeah, looking back now, yeah. But at the time, you and I, we both mentioned. Oh, of like, course, yeah. I'm not trying to say like, like was coming together. Oh, what the heck? This was this was starting to look good, and it's not. It, it's not good enough. We we kind of fell into the trap of. Well, yeah, we know the blue line sucks, but maybe it won't hold them back that much. And to give them credit, like they've played decent five on five defense. And now I know I dispelled this the other day because there's a lot of people being like, well, they played okay defense. It's like that has a lot to do with team defense and the forwards having to stay really low and bailing out the defensemen a lot. Yeah, like, you can just watch the games. The eye test that, like, will tell you that, but the analytics will tell you that the, the defense is good. But the eye test will tell you that exactly the, the it's forwards are the other aren't way around to this time, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, and and like Tucker Pullman, I I don't want to rag onto a player too much, but. The one thing I was going to say is, you know, obviously Tucker Pullman's had a rough go here and he makes a lot of little mistakes that I don't think get picked up a lot. And it reminds me a lot of Jake Vertanen because a lot of fans saw flashy things from Jake Vertanen. We're like, oh my gosh, maybe he can do it. But all of the mistakes that he made were away from the puck. A lot of the times they were with the puck, like dumping it in on a three on three overtime or just, you know, just losing possession of the puck like it was his job. Like those are things that, Fans don't really notice when you're watching the game, but the things that a coach notices, which is why Vertanen never really got the top pairing minutes in Vancouver that everybody thought he was yeah. going to get. And he just, he never got it. And he was a floater. There's no other way to say it. Um, and I mean, for Pullman, it's kind of similar in the sense of the mistakes he does make oftentimes don't get noticed by fans, but they do get noticed by coaches, which is why Tyler Myers is asked to play half an hour a night. But the thing with Pullman, too, is like I, I almost look at it as, as the opposite side where Pullman doesn't do anything flashy. Like he, does, he skates like, really well. You no, know, but what I'm saying is like he won't make a flashy play where you're like, wow, look at that great stretch pass by Pullman. Yeah. All of his passes are just, you know, ones that just cross the blue line to a forward or to the other side to his other partner. But because he doesn't do anything flashy, everything that he does bad is going to be amplified even more because you're, if you're just simply a fan watching the game, you don't go and you look at, you know, how, what the expected goals are with him on the ice, or you look at where the shots are coming from with pod, with uh, Pullman on the ice and things like that. Like if you're just watching, you're like, wow, mistake after mistake with Pullman, because it's not like he does anything good. The only thing he does is like cross the puck over to his partner. And, and that worked when it was with Quinn Hughes, but then teams were like, Hey, let's just like, lean towards that Hughes guy side and make that other, you know, jacuzzi guy, make him throw the puck up the ice and make a pass instead. So now, now there's a lot more pressure on Pullman because there are not like, not even pressure. They're taking pressure away from him to make him do stuff. 
and he can't adds a do ton stuff. Of pressure to him. Yeah, so they're adding pressure while like vis-a-vis taking away pressure. So it's it's strange to see what's happening with Pullman and to think that man, oh, like I, I think I tweeted it. Yeah, yeah, I tweeted it last night. Like Tucker Pullman's making me become a fan of Tyler Myers and like what Myers is doing to a team. Welcome to the club. Yeah, it's nice. You know, he's big, tall, big feet. Oh yeah, you can't yeah. teach size or big feet. Oh, you can't. Uh, that's true. I know that well. Um, and that's the thing. It's like wow. I can't. So, someone had a really good quote tweet. Uh, I forget who it was, but it was like, "This is some tendy chest by Jim Benning <laughs> signing Tucker Pullman to make everyone think that that Tyler Myers is actually worth the six million dollars." And to Tyler Myers's credit, like uh, he has been close to being a six million dollar player this year. Yeah, I still think he has a negative value contract, especially yeah. if you look at the years. It's definitely going to be a negative value yeah. contract. But can you get Tyler Myers to pump up enough to maybe be able to flip him? Like in the mm. offseason or the deadline? Can you get to that point? Maybe I don't know. I've heard a lot of plays people... falling off recently. That's yeah, but I've thing. seen people like in media say that this is like that. Myers does have value. I've heard this talked about about on 650. I've seen it yeah. mentioned by media members. I don't believe it. You probably believe you probably think Myers and you know fetch you back uh, those picks that you traded away in the OEL deal. You get a first <laughs> and a second back for Myers, but like if you were if the Canucks were offered today a third round pick for Tyler Myers, would you take that deal? If you're the GM of the With Canucks, this team right now, the team that they have, yeah. Let's say no. Let's just say the Edmonton Oilers come and they're like, hey, we'll give you a third round pick for Tyler Myers right now. You don't have to worry Actually, about his contract. It, it's tough. Are I would I would take that and run. So you're rebuilding. You're launching a rebuild. Oh, yeah. The Canucks need to... Well, okay. it's, you know what? That's not even like... Trading Tyler Myers doesn't mean that it's a rebuild. Trading no, Tyler Myers means you just cleared up $6 million of space. But losing him on this blue line and getting... Madison Bowie in that spot. Oh yeah, for this season. But well, it's that's like, what well, I'm saying. You're you're rebuilding if you're if you're going to tank. Oh, you, like no, that. I mean, I guess you call it rebuilding, but like you're <laughs> the Canucks have tanked themselves with what they've done that's at the start fair. of the season. Like this, se- they can't make the playoffs. Yeah, you're right, and and, and that's kind of the thing that I'm I would looking at. I would do that in a second. For yeah, a third I probably would pick. too. Now that we talk about it a little more, yeah. the thing that I keep looking at though is like, you know, we talked about it on our show on 6:50 on Saturday or Sunday. We talked about. What if the Canucks never made that Connor Garland OEL trade? Like, think about how much worse this team would be. Like, yeah, they would have gone and they would have got some lefty in free agency. And let's just say they kept Alex Adler instead of keeping OEL or, or going out and getting OEL, right? Like, let's just say that happened. How much worse is this team while still having a first round pick and a second round pick and a seventh? Oh, man. I, I mean, and some good penalty killers. Give them credit. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, like, I how mean, much worse is this team? Because right now they're eighth in the Pacific. So are they eighth, but a little bit lower? Yeah, I guess. Like, just less wins? Is that where they are? Uh, would they even have less wins? Like, in the ultimate, in the Honestly, alternate universe? I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, you got Louie over there making that freaking backhand sauce. Third point on the season. Oh. No goals. Good for okay. him. A couple of five-on-five five points, probably. More than Pedersen. More than Pedersen. We oh. don't know that. Does he We're have? I think that. he's got the same. Does he? Well, I doubt Louis. Well, is Louis getting? Well, he might Louis be getting might power be getting play power time. Play yeah. time. <laughs> he probably is actually in Arizona. Now I think about it. Trigger man, Louis. Is Phil Kessel still playing in Arizona? Yes, he is. Holy cow! What a Phil the what thrill. a good spot for Phil. Phil the thrill to just keep it quiet, do his thing. Totally. Eat a couple hot dogs. And that's and, the thing. Like I know we're media, but man, like I feel for a guy like Brock Besser who's getting the kind of media attention that he is. Right. What? Like, I feel for Brock Besser. What do you mean? Because he sucks. He's oh, okay. sucking right now. 
Yeah, I thought and I was going to say, bad. It kinda, I was thinking, I don't think he's getting enough media attention for how bad Brock Besser's oh. been. Well, I just said he sucked, so yeah. there's that. And I don't I don't mean that. Obviously, Brock Besser doesn't suck. I mean, but if Pedersen's putting up points right now, everybody's talking about how bad Brock is in a contract year. Totally. And here's the thing is, like, Besser is struggling right now. And again, I, I, I was joking when I said he sucks. Besser doesn't suck. But he is having some trouble right mm-hmm. now. And I just, sometimes I feel for these players. And... You know, obviously playing in a Canadian market is not easy, especially this market. Like, you know, I, I get it. I get it. And I feel bad sometimes. So I'm always trying to, I don't know, whenever I do any sort of reporting or writing, I always try to remember that these are like still people, you know, even with the millions and millions and stuff. Like they're still people. Right. Yeah, they're still people, but. I don't know. If I was dogging it at Canucks Army, I'd probably get some attention. I'm also saying, you know, people are like, oh, how could you call for Jim Benning to be fired? Why would you call for someone's job? It's like, you know what? This guy has pissed off a lot of people in a job where he gets paid a lot of money and has a lot of pressure on him, which he should. That's part of the job. I don't think it's like it's not like me walking into Walmart, like into a Walmart McDonald's and the person put onions on my McDouble. Like, I'm not going to call for that person's job. Like, obviously, I'd ask for no onions on my McDouble. That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah, calling. but it's like I'm Go not hard. calling for that person's <laughs> job or I'm not, you know, like this. This guy makes millions of dollars. This is more like the safety manager of like a huge construction site. And there's just fatalities every day and nobody says anything because he has a family. Yeah. Well, don't get me. St- I was a safety rep back at uh, Western Forest Products, Ladysmith. People see, people knew me out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was How many fr- fatalities on your watch? No fatalities on mine. We had a guy lose all the skin on his forearm. We won't talk about that. Oh, that was a tough. Jeez, don't bring that. I up. had to do Goodness. the first day there. I see someone without a hard hat. Throw a freaking rock at him or a piece of wood at him. That sounds safe. Yeah, get your hard hat on. That's that was my rule book right there. <laughs> All right, we're going to get to break. On the other side, we'll talk about our poll question. We do have a little bit of a prospect report as well, and we'll just kind of see where it goes. Keep it locked. Keep it loaded on Canucks Conversation. Winter is quickly approaching, but wait. That means your favorite seasonal brew is back to cheer you up. The Tukes of Hazard is now available across British Columbia and Alberta in their government and private liquor stores. This extra strong brew has a whopping 9.2% alcohol, big hop punch, even bigger body and aroma, and just a touch of white haze. The Parallel 49 fan favorite is smoother than a freshly cleaned ice rink. Muddlers. Muddlers Pink Lemonade. We are so excited to tell you guys about Muddler's Pink Lemonade, my drink of choice. You guys have all seen it by now. Faber and I went out drinking. That was my uh, drink of choice first night. I think that the catchphrase for this ad has to be, it's the only alcohol that Quads likes. Absolutely. It's so good. It's absolutely the best pink lemonade on the market by far. A lot of these other drinks are just a little too sweet for me. Like, I I don't really like that. And this is like a nice mix because I also don't like when it tastes too much like alcohol. But this is like... The, the perfect balance. There's a reason that it was the drink I got when we went to the Parallel Street Kitchen as well. It, absolutely, man. It is the sweet spot for quads in the alcoholic beverage realm. You can find it, like you said, at Parallel 49 Street Kitchen and in a ton of liquor stores. All the BC liquor stores have it. It's the bright pink cans, Muddler's Pink Lemonade. Go out and try it today. And a massive thank you to all of our sponsors here at the Canucks Conversation Podcast. And Chris, I wanted to, and and for those that don't like when we go off the rails, I know a lot of you do, but some of you don't. If you don't like it, just fast forward like five minutes, okay? If you're in your car, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> but fast forward like five minutes right now because I'm talking about Christmas music. On the ride into the studio today, Chris, I was looking at my Christmas playlist and I've been doing some updating to it recently. And man, there is some really solid Christmas. There are, I should say, some really solid Christmas songs out there. Like, you know the song Christmas and Hollis by Run DMC? It's a classic. Like I was listening to it, and it it just it puts you in the spirit. And there's "Santa Tell Me" by Ariana Grande, and it, like mm. that's what I want to ask you because I know "Santa Tell Me" is one that you bump in July. That's on the Brennan's Bachelor playlist. The that song gets the boys going when you're does, on, when you're on the houseboat. It does. I bet it gets the girls going too. I don't know. It doesn't matter to me as long as the boys are out in the houseboat getting going to it. That's what we do. Houseboats is boys only. Okay. The boys need the the the, the getaway time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Interesting, but yeah, I mean, girls. Maybe some girls like it too. Some. It's I, think in the winter, I don't think. I don't think that. I don't know. Like what? from from my from my observation, girls seem to like the the Justin Bieber. And give, don't get me wrong, the Justin Bieber thing is pretty good. It's all that's yeah. The whole album's on my playlist. Like I'm not just saying it because of the girls that like grew up with Justin Bieber being the teen pop star. Like I, I do think it's fine music. But they don't look at the they don't look at the Santa tell me like the like the boys do. Okay, I I I think that's a big generalization, but I also think you might be honest. It is a little bit, yeah, a little bit, a little just, bit, just a little bit. Yeah, no, it's fine, it's fine. But I mean, everybody loves you know the Mariah Carey Christmas when Mariah yeah, Carey is Mariah one. Carey season right so now. So I'm gonna ask you before we wrap up the off the rails talk. You're, if you have one Christmas song, you can only listen to one for the rest of your life. What are you picking? Man, I mean, it has to be like a, like a an, an artist for, or like just like a what Christmas song do I like the most? No, any anything you oh, can op- completely open ended. I don't know. I would hate to only listen to one Christmas song for know, the rest I'd get of my sick life. Of it, but I think it would I, be sad to tell me. Though. I've it narrowed would. it down to three for me. It's all I want for Christmas by Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas and Hollis, or is it Hollis? Whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, it's Hollis, I think. Christmas and Hollis. Okay. And I think it's Santa Tell Me. But it's very hard to pick one out of all of those because that's my top three that I just named. And you know what else there is? I wanted to play this for the listeners. Okay. Any Italians out there? Oh, here we go. You'll know this song. It's Dominic the Donkey. Have you heard this song, Chris? No. It's a great song. I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it. Hold on. Before you play it, we drove by, what was it? The Italian Cultural Center? Yes. A couple times. <laughs> and they are selling lasagna. Yep, $50. Like $50 for Who a family pack of lasagna. They got, they teach you Italian. We drive by it sometimes on the way to, to yeah. 650, I think, when you and I go there. Yeah. yeah. There's just nonnas in the basement just cranking out lasagnas and firing them up the stairs. <sighs> that's probably a nice smelling building. Well, man, like that's... You know, you have the in-laws or your parents living in the basement cranking out lasagnas. That's mm. Italian cultural right there. So at the Italian Cultural Center, I'm sure that's what's happening. All right. Let's hear your Italian donkey yeah. song. Yeah. Got a little friend. His name is Dominic. The cutest little donkey. you never see him kick. Here comes. When Santa visits his paisans with Dominic, he'll be. Because the reindeer cannot climb the hills of Italy. And that is Dominic the Donkey. That's a little snippet of it, because obviously we can't play the full song on the podcast, but that is Dominic the Donkey. And I grew up with that song. Like, I that I grew up with that song. Yeah. We don't have Santa in it. I mean, it's, it's not a bad vibe. 
Well, is that who brings all the gifts then? Dominic the donkey? No. So in the song, it says Santa's got a little friend. His name is Dominic. Oh. And the reason that he needs Dominic is because the reindeer cannot climb the hills of Italy. Didn't you? You just heard it. Yeah. No, I heard it. I... He's our he's our Rudolph. Wow. Is there a movie? Like, is there an Italian uh, movie I or something? I don't think so. Get, well, you go down what? and get Nono. Bring yeah, him up maybe I'll get, ask my Nono if he's got it on VHS or something. I don't think there's a movie or anything. There's got to be a movie. That's a good enough story to make a movie on its own. I just Googled Dominic the Donkey, and the next thing that came up is Family Guy and Racist. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Why don't we go down this rabbit this hole a little bit here? <laughs> well, I am. I, I'm checking. Okay, so I just stopped the show. Because I had to actually read this and like make sure that it wasn't actually like super offensive. It's super racist, and right. I just somehow just it, it pa- passed my mind. I, I look it up. It's like yeah, it's so offensive because it uses Italian stereotypes. So I'm like, okay, I'm I, I'm okay with that. I'm, oh, I'm, so I'm it's racist it. towards Italians. Apparently. apparently, yeah. But you like the song. I love the song. I grew up with it. I don't. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Well. Maybe, I don't know, maybe some Italians don't appreciate uh, having their own Christmas song. Or maybe I, there's I something in there cool. that... And you know what? I, I was just reading a list, and it was like the top eight worst Christmas songs oh, of all time. No. And it had Frosty the Snowman at two. Okay, well, I don't know about I, that. I think that author is just, you know, can we really trust anything they say? And no. they put Dominic at one. They said it's the worst Christmas song ever. And then the author said, as an Italian-American. I was like, oh, okay. I don't know, I... I, I literally grew up with that song, so. Okay. Good. I'm glad we got to the bottom of this. Um, you know who wrote it? One of them dark-haired Italians. Oh, jeez. <laughs> probably, yeah, from Mikey's family. Oh, man. There's a little What do you think? Would joke. I get in trouble? Maybe I ask Mikey gets a shout-out today and I ask him about it. What do you think he'll know? What, dark-haired Italians? No. I, he, we know he's a dark-haired oh. Italian. The, the donkey song. Oh, yeah. He didn't know What was it song. called? Dinky the Donkey? No, Dominic the Donkey. Dominic the Donkey. He would absolutely know that song. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. No doubt in my mind. Okay. Let's get back on track here. We do have a poll question. We have a poll question. It's up right now. It's uh, my type of poll question, baby. We're talking prospects. All right. It is a prospect-fueled poll question brought to you by Fuel the Fan at Fuel the Fan. Blue Orca Sports Memorabilia on Twitter. Folks, Christmas is coming up. Go check them out. Go buy something. Speaking of Italian, did you see what was on uh, on Fuel the Fan the other day? Look at what he's selling here. I Quad saw that. that. I saw that. Robert De Niro, Goodfellas, signed photo. Ooh. They have more than just Canuck stuff at Blue Work Sports. Robert De Niro, Goodfellas. Yes. So go check them out. They've got a lot of good stuff, guys. And you can go check them out. You can go buy it. Buy whatever you want for Christmas. I know you got Canucks fans in your live lives. Go buy them something. All right. Let's get to the poll question. Our episode 218 poll question brought to you by Blue Orchid Sports Memorabilia. Feel the fan on Twitter at Feel the Fan. Uh, which under the radar prospect do you believe could get to the NHL? Early results. Nice and scattered around quite a bit. I want to get your opinion, Quaz, because you have not watched a single second of any of these guys play, but you've read all my articles about them. Jacob Truscott, Dmitry Zlodiev, or Lucas Forsell. Which one do you like? Truscott. Truscott? Yeah. Why? Puck moving defenseman. Canucks really need puck moving defenseman. But the second guy that I really like is Dmitry Zlodiev. Because, like, at best, he's going to become a third line center. Mm. And the Canucks could really use one of those. And to hit one that late in the draft, it's great. But 
The reason I say Trust got ahead of Zlodiev is because the most likely outcome for Zlodiev is that he's just going to be another kind of fourth line waiver wire kind of guy. Like he's probably not going to stick. Burmistrov type. Yeah, he's probably yeah. not going to stick or make any sort of impact at the NHL level. And like I said, at best, he's a third line center, which the Canucks could absolutely use right now. I, I mean, it's a great draft pick. It's a nice late swing on a draft pick. And it's nice to see these having some success. But again, I do take Truscott over that because, again, puck moving defensemen. Canucks do not have a lot of those and they have none in their system. Yeah, so the quick reaction to the poll here, because, yeah, we tweeted it out during the break. Um was pretty much agreeing with you. Jacob Truscott coming in number one, 36%. Uh, Dmitry Zodiev, 24%. Lucas Forcell, 20%. And I'm angry, 20%. So people will, maybe people will hyped on the Truscott train right now because Truscott just got selected to be on the preliminary roster for Team USA, which is exciting for their World Junior Championship, which is, man, I tell you, for a fifth-round pick, got to be pretty happy with that with Truscott, especially this isn't like... You know, a guy making Czech Republic or, or some other, you know, a team like that or Belarus, if they were to sneak in, this is Team USA. Like, this is a team that, especially over the past couple of years, look at how many United States, or, sorry, let me rephrase, how many Americans have been drafted in the top couple of rounds here. Yeah. You know, and, and now you're getting a guy like Jacob Truscott in the mix, who is going to be a 19 year old at this tournament. Mm-hmm. So I think he gets a little bit of a push against maybe a guy like. You know, Scotty Morrow, who uh, went one pick before Danila Klimovic, guy that we are huge fans of. But the other defenseman on the team that, that he had, might have a chance of making it over, like Ian Moore, potentially. Brock Faber is a lock. I'll tell you that right now. Put that in your books. Go take that to the bank. Brock Faber is an absolute lock on this team. Luke, friend of the show. Friend of the show. Friend of mine. Cousin Brock. He's making the team. Uh, Jake Sanderson's going to make the team. Luke Hughes is going to make the team. But then, like, there is – there really are – that bottom pairing is kind of up for grabs. Like you're going to have Tyler Clevin, Ian Moore, Connor Kelly, Wyatt Kaiser. Like those guys are all going to be battling with Truscott. Like Truscott's in the mix here. I don't think that he's the 10th guy on this list for a depth chart. I do think there's a chance he, he at least cracks the, the actual roster that goes to play. I don't know if he can sneak into being the five or six, but you look at all these defensemen and a lot of them are, very offensive based defenseman, very offensive minor defenseman. The thing that Truscott is that I am just so happy with over since the Canucks have drafted him is how he's understood that if he changes his game and looks more like a defensive guy, more of a penny penalty killer guy than a power play guy, that's going to get him ice time and find him getting into a better role with the Michigan team that he's playing for now. And he's understood that about the USA team as well. This is something that we talked about with him in the summer when he was at the summer showcase for them. He he can he wants them to know that like hey I can be a power play guy I can also kill penalties for you I can play the left side I can play the right side he he's very I just think he's smart with the way that he's approaching how to get onto these teams because he's not the most skilled player he doesn't have offensive skill like Scotty Morrow he can't move the puck and shoot like Jake Sanderson but he's got a real smart way of like just weaseling his way into a team and just saying like I'll do whatever you can like whatever you want. Like, whatever you guys need, I can do that role for you. Because Scotty Morrow is not going to be a guy who's like, yeah, I'll change. I'll be a defensive player. We talked to Scotty Morrow on the show. He's a friend of the show as well. Brock Favor, he's elite, number one defenseman on that uh, Team USA team. Keep an eye out for him. He's going to be, he might be the best defenseman of this tournament here. Is this a bit, or do you actually believe that? I think I think Brock Favor is one of the best defensemen outside of uh, the NHL. Okay. Like, I'm not even just saying that because Brock Faber has the same last name as me. Like, I do think that he's a very high-end prospect. Okay. He can, he's going to come on the show. 
Is he? Yeah. Okay. My cousin, yeah. Cousin Brock. He's a good player. Cousin Brock. Do we have anything else that we want to touch on before we well, finish up here? Yeah, on the poll question a little bit. Dimitri Zlodiev, some news with him as well. Made his KHL debut last nice. week, which was nice. Played his second game today. Was good to see uh, Zlodiev get into the lineup, man. I tell you, like he's been working to get in the KHL for a long time. And, you know, we had a good little chat about it, too, that... Uh, you know, this is something he's been working on for a while. Like he's been wanting to get into the KHL. He wanted to do it. The funny thing was, he ends up playing uh, playing Dynamo, the team that uh, he was trying to get into the KHL with in the past. But since he got traded a few weeks ago, uh, now making his debut with Spartak, playing alongside Emil Patterson, which is good. Elias Patterson's brother, Sergei Shirokov. You know, a lot of a lot of good names on that team. A lot of really good names on that team. Yeah, so it was good to see uh good to see Zlodiev getting into action. Didn't look too out of place, but he wasn't getting a lot of minutes, which is fine. You know, he's he's a nineteen year old kid. Like we looked at Pat, we looked at Pod Colson playing as a nineteen year old in the KHL and were wowed by it. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't getting a lot of minutes and all these things and, and yeah, he was on Sky and Spartak's a much different uh situation <laughs> for a, a KHL team, but Spartak has some money. They went out and signed a big, uh, big name North American player actually in the summer to go out and play for them. Who hasn't done anything? Can't forecheck and doesn't give any effort at all. But I mean, they went out and spent some money on some North American players. But Zlodiev's getting an opportunity, and now that he's played back to back games for him, I hope he sticks and gets an opportunity to show something as a teenager in the KHL because that's a good, a good point to be at when you're 19 years old is getting an opportunity in the KHL. And this kid's worked his way up there. He knows what he has to do. He kills penalties. He he can be on the power play. I expect to see a big world juniors from uh, Dmitry Zlodiev for Russia as he kind of fits into a middle six center role for them. Good stuff. That's all we have for the prospect report today. But yeah, there was something no, that I brought I mean, up earlier. Quickly. Okay. I know he's getting uh, he's getting pub every episode, but he keeps scoring. Aiden McDonough now, 13 goals in 16 games. Jack Rathbone threw a quote tweet on my uh, on my tweet the other day. Did he? Yeah. Hyping up uh, Aiden McDonough a little bit. What did he say? Uh, he didn't. He just tweeted a gif like Jack Rathbone. I was I had to check. I was like, is this the real Jack Rathbone account? And it is. Like it's Jack. He doesn't have a blue check, but I'm pretty damn sure that's the real uh, Jack Rathbone account. He just tweeted like a gif being all fired up about it, about uh, about Aiden McDonough getting into the uh, getting the 13 goals in 16 games. Oh yeah, I see it now. I, was, I didn't <laughs> think that tweet. was his real account. That's a great tweet. I'm gonna drop a like on that. Yeah, okay, well, see Rathbone tonight. I'm heading out to Abbotsford today. Yeah, that's all I got for the prospects. We'll head out to Abbotsford, but I just want to talk about uh, Abbotsford for, for before we wrap up here. Really good on them for stepping up for the community. Like I saw, I saw, I went out to practice that day. Uh, I went out to practice. What was it on Monday? And heard them kind of talk about. It, it looked like Sheldon Rampal was the guy that was kind of getting them together. Like I heard him as they were going through stretches. He was yelling at everyone. Well, actually, he was first talking, and he was, and then somebody screamed at him, said. It's like speak up, and then eventually Rempel ended up uh, speaking a little bit louder, and he was yelling so I could hear him from the stands. And he was saying, "We're going to have a meeting uh, after practice here to set up some volunteering stuff that we want to do." So shout out to Rempel for getting that going uh, with them, and then sixteen uh, Abbotsford Canucks players and all of the coaching staff were out uh, in Abbotsford helping with the with preparing some sandbags, putting them out, and hoping that this uh, that they could prepare a little bit for the flooding that's likely to come here after seeing some of the storm. I, I know the weather that I had out there uh, in White Rock was was getting a little little worrisome as I was coming into work this morning, but I'm driving out to Abbotsford right now, like as soon as we finish this show here to go watch the game and everything's on track to happen. Hopefully the storm hasn't been as bad as some predicted because all I heard over the weekend was that this was going to be the worst storm that they've been hit with, right? So I, I haven't heard too much about it. I, I checked in with some of the News 1130 people as I was heading out from work today. And uh, 
it didn't sound horrible yet, and it was nice to see the Abbotsford Canucks going out there and uh, putting in a little bit of volunteering hours and helping out in a way they could for their city there. Just props to them. Really good to see. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Here, uh, absolutely. Here's the final thing that I wanted to talk about because I brought it up earlier and I almost forgot about it completely. Coaching. Got to talk about coaching because right now, we haven't had an episode since this report came out from Elliot Friedman on Hockey Night in Canada. Mm, okay. The Canucks spoke with Scott Walker and Claude Julien. Actually, they got permission to speak to Claude Julien and Scott Walker. And they, well, they didn't need permission to talk to Scott Walker, but they moved away from both. They're going away from both. And Thomas Drance was kind of thinking out loud, I like to say, in an article that he wrote recently about how it's pretty common knowledge among the industry that if Benning had his pick, Julian would be that guy. They have a relationship from Boston and Julian would be that guy, but ownership doesn't seem on board. That's what we think at least. Right. And that would make a lot of sense. That would make a lot of sense because if your ownership, this is probably what you're thinking, right? Is okay. We have a coach. We're going to have to sign Julian. He's not going to come in on an interim basis because again, like the thing you have to remember here, folks, whoever signs here, this is going to be an audition for them as an NHL head coach. And for Julian, who hasn't worked in a bit, he's going to want to come back when the opportunity is right. Well, that's do the you thing. It's like Julian, he didn't want to do it. Scotty Walker didn't want to be an interim coach either. Well, yeah. And, and that's the other thing. We'll touch on Walker in a bit. But that's the thing is there's not a lot of people that are going to be looking at this team and saying, that's a really good situation for me to show everybody what I'm capable of. Right? Because like we've talked about how we think Travis it, Green isn't pretty decent coach but it's making him look real bad like the coach is confident and sees the talent that they do have over here mm -hmm. i think it could be a spot where they would like no i don't think so because they also look at the line yeah and you know claude claude julian probably not but i think someone with a little bit more prestige than travis green maybe okay someone trying to get back into the game like you know Babcock, going to say, yeah, Babcock. Babcock would be the guy. I bet Babcock would take the job straight up. If you're going to be like, if you're thinking who has the most NHL experience and would be willing to do an interim coaching job, Mike Babcock is like one of the only names out there. There's a lot. There's a lot of other names that are being floated. I've and seen a lot of people in the 650 inbox too. They want Babcock. Yeah, a lot of people do want Babcock. The second chance uh, people in there. And also, I had a really good conversation with someone in the 650 inbox because they were suggesting Quenville. Like it's not really politically correct, but I, I, I get the whole politically correct thing, but I think my point and, and the person agreed with this after we had a little discussion about it over text in the inbox was just that, yeah, Quenville was a good coach, but also it's very public knowledge that he knew about what happened with Kyle Beach and lied about it. Like he said in July yeah. that he didn't know about it. And I get that lawyers were probably telling him that's what he should be saying, I think with the sour taste that that left in everybody's mouths, and I'm not just saying everybody in the media here, I'm talking about the players that we've talked to about this. Like, what happened to Kyle Beach is awful, right? And and there's a reason Quenville's not coaching in the league anymore. So just as a person, do you really want a person like that in your organization? I really don't think so. And not just because it's a market like Vancouver. I just, I don't think you want a person like that in your organization. I really don't. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm with you there too. I know that uh, I saw that back and forth in the inbox, agreed with a lot of what you said there. And, and yeah, I think the other texter even came around. Oh, to totally it too. reasonable. It wasn't, yeah, yeah, he wasn't trying to, he wasn't like. Honestly, when you, the text box, like, uh, 
you do get when you text back with people, like they'll send a really crazy text into the inbox where they're just pissed off calling us idiots. Yeah, yeah. And then you reply and then they reply. And it's like normally pretty chill. They're like great show. Love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my exactly. favorite is when someone texts in and goes, oh, you guys are such homers. You guys suck. You're just like Halford and Bruff. We're like, oh, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> the thing, the text that I love the most is just like when we do the Sunday shows on occasion. Where's football? Yeah, it's like, why aren't you guys playing football right now? You guys should be playing football. Well, TSN 1040 still has the rights for <laughs> the NFL season. So like laugh 1040 or whatever they're called. They could be literally playing football on Sundays if they wanted to. They should just do that. No. Like, I don't want them to get any that's sort a win of market for them. share. Exactly. That just, I don't know. When's the last tweet that uh, <laughs> Funny 1040s put out? I think it was the one launching it in Canucks fans. No, they had a second out. one. It was like about. Did uh, they? Yeah, and it got ratio hard. Like oh, That's so funny. Yeah, they're never going to be so able to hard. launch a successful Twitter account, nor should they. No, how Nor no. should they. What a joke, that, that whole. Debacle. Yeah. That's the word we're going to use. But yeah. yeah, the other candidate, Scott Walker. Worked with the Canucks in a player development role as a consultant with the team. And then he got promoted to director, I believe, in 2018, 2019. Left the organization in 2019. So for where? now he's coaching the Guelph Storm. And Chris is about to tell a little story. Yeah, because I sit here and uh, just get... Lately, I've been pretty hot on, uh, on, on being right when you and I have an argument. And this just got completely left on the cutting board here and taken away because you... Called it the Guelph Storm. Yeah, it's Guelph. It you've Guelph. learned how to pronounce it. I just wanted people to know that we just had an argument that got cut from the show, which I'm not happy about. <laughs> but it's the Guelph Storm. Yeah. So Scotty Walker's coaching that team, yeah. and the Canucks are no longer pursuing that route. That is, and I've been on a hot streak lately of being right okay. and you being wrong on things that we disagree on. Just want yeah. to put that out there as well. Totally. So the question now becomes. What am I going to be right about next? Yeah, that's exactly it. The question now becomes, who's next for the Canucks? Whose name's going to get thrown out there, right? Mark Bergevin's now available. I don't think they should be going after Bergevin. I really don't. I really don't. I think that right now, like the best thing is interim all the way up to the Olympic break. And you have so much time there. I absolutely agree. And there's going to be an article running on Wednesday morning on CanucksArmy.com from Stefan Roger about... Uh, Here we go. About how love him or hate him, the Canucks treatment of Travis Green has been pretty poor mm. lately, right? And there's a lot that's going to be in that article, so I won't I won't say everything on the podcast, but you'll definitely want to what go. What does uh, give- Stefan pay to get uh, these shoutouts every single episode that we do? What does he pay you? Just does good work, man. Wow, just does good work. Try it. You never. You know what you never do. You never say that I had a good article. You never say that Lachlan has a good article. Uh, absolutely. I haven't I heard do, you actually. mention a good Lachlan article in a while. That's for sure. Okay. Whatever. Me and Lachlan just, you know, pumping out articles. <laughs> what does Stefan come in here? What? What? What are you talking about Wednesdays or whatever he does? That's it. What are you talking about Wednesdays? Yeah. What do you think Thursday it's called? Okay. Well, whatever. What, what, what are you talking about, Wednesday? <laughs> Me and Lachlan, the freaking engine behind Canucks Army right now. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm. I'm not trying to brag. Top six articles in terms of page views this month. All me. Oh yeah, your three hundred word articles. Yep. Top six, baby. <laughs> Play, face that runs the place. As I the like face call that runs the place. Yeah, into yeah. the freaking ground. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap it there. Uh, do you have anything else? Anything else to add? Any coach's name you want to throw out there? No, like- I'm going out to Abbotsford. I'm going to get a hot dog. I'm going to enjoy it. Whatever those hot dogs are out there in Abbotsford, they are bomb.com. 
Going to get to see Evander Kane on the weekend because he's an AHLer now. He's going to be with the San Jose Barracuda. Uh, we'll see what, see what that's like. People are people saying putting his name around Vancouver. I think Rick Dollywall shut that and said, no, I don't think that's happening. The agent was trying to make it happen with uh, with Ricky there, but that didn't work. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to go out there for the AHL. They, get, they obviously had the games that were canceled. They're going to have a couple games against the Ontario Reign, top of the league. Exciting midweek games this week and get to watch probably Mikey tonight and maybe Archer's tomorrow. Archer's had a bad weekend. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Washed up him and Koskenvo, like a couple of bad weekends for the couple of teenagers and washed up. Yeah. Really 20. Koskenvo, uh, any world junior chatter around him? I know that, uh, you know, people have been asking me how many people are going to be at the, how many Canucks are going to be at the world juniors. I'll have to get my articles going here. I, I, I don't think it's going to be more than two. Unless Koskenvo's there, it might be it might be three. He's on the invite list. I don't think he's going to start. I don't think up. Blomqvist is still there. Forsell's not getting anything from Sweden. Uh, Gabrielson is really falling off. Whatever's happened, I gotta I gotta dig deeper into the Gabrielson story because man, he had a really good start. Now he's not doing anything. So mm. I'll dig into that a little bit more. Myrenberg's not getting the call. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like three maximum right now, and that's if Koskenvo's even like a backup guy for Finland. Like he might, might be a third string. Yeah, That's the only thing the right there. String. So I, and you know, Truscott's still on probably the outside looking in. Slodiev is the only one that I feel like is a lock for the world juniors. So that's all I got. I'm going to go enjoy a game out in Hatsford. I'm going to have a hot dog, sit with uh, a couple of scouts, chat a little bit, Fantastic. show them how to use a computer. And uh, that's going to be what I'm up to today. Long day today. We'll left the house at about eight 30. Went to work nine to three. Came here to the podcast three to whatever five o'clock now. Yeah, you seemed a little Going tired. And I was all fired up because of the espresso. Like yeah. this is a good episode. I stayed on topic as much as I could. Yeah, we did a good job. Left the house at eight thirty. I'm gonna be home at about eleven thirty today. All you kids out there trying to get into sports media this is what you got to do. I I missed it. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> this is what you, you've got. You've had time to go to the gym twice. You went down to the cafe three times today. You went out, bought a pair of shoes. Yep. I get a lot done. Make yourself dinner, a lasagna, 10 o'clock lasagna coming tonight. Actually, I did a lot of stuff for Nation Network today, Dude, which I'm hold pretty on. proud of. Yeah. Good for you. All right. All right, we'll close it out there. Fun episode, as always, Chris. Remember to leave us a review. We're going to get some Patreon content out there soon, folks. We promise. We're just, uh, you know, Kind of strapped for time right now, as you can tell. A little, by Chris. A little busy. Yeah, little this busy. is the first day where you've tried to get a Patreon content going. Yeah, and I can't do. I just can't do it today. We will get the Patreon. We will. Back Might have to bust up the clarinet. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, take yourself with us. You can have. I'm not even mad if you want to do a solo up. So people Volume want the clarinet. Two. Send a send a tweet at the episode or something and. Uh, let quads know he's been working on something. You and the guitar, maybe too. Can you can you play both at once? Well, I can actually play guitar, which won't be funny because the funny mm. thing is about the clarinet is that I play at like a third grade level. Uh, any keep your eye out for a tuba around too. I was a uh, band player of the year in grade nine. Wow, slapping on the tuba, slapping on the tuba. I had a little uh, solo one time on the tuba to start a show. One time, start a song. It was just me freaking hammering on the tuba. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Got that's, the pipes for huge. it. Yeah. Wow. Big uh, that band! I tell you, the band teacher he want he almost he was gonna kill me in grade ten when I left. He was like a football coach that sees a six foot four kid. The band teacher was like, "Oh, that's my tuba player right there." Yep, spotted me on day day one of grade eight. Yeah, there you go. It was it was written. Did in the band uh, in grade eight because you went into grade eight. If you did band, you got PE all year round. Mm. You had that? No, that was a, that was the deal. Like you could do fine arts or you could do band when you went into grade eight, and if you did band. You got to do 
it was like I don't know. You you switched every day. It was like Monday band, Tuesday PE, Wednesday band, Thursday PE, Friday switched every week. You had one or the other, so you got PE all year round, which was kind of cool. That is kind of cool. All right, we're gonna close it out there. For Chris Faber, my name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 